Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. Today is the 29th of what month is it? April? Yes, April. This was recorded last Saturday. Uh, In this episode, it's just the two of us and we get back to the basics. It's a little bit more of a serious subject, what with the lockdown ongoing in Ontario and with the recent Derek Chauvin verdict, at which point I'm going to ask Whiskey a question about his use of a certain phrase during our dialogues. Enjoy! <clears throat> it's funny, yeah, like... They really hype the side effects, didn't they? <laughs> they really do. Honestly, like, this whole thing... Okay, so, like, I really didn't take the coronavirus all that seriously, and I still kind of don't. I take seriously on its own, let's say, merit, like, on its own thing, because, yeah, it's definitely had an impact on the economy. It's had an impact on families. It's had an impact on people, uh, especially the elderly, the, you know, some of our most vulnerable citizens, that kind of stuff. It's definitely had an impact on those things. But for me personally, like it really has not had that much of an impact. Like I, even before I like, despite the fact of having kids and all that kind of stuff, I still led a fairly isolated lifestyle even with the family and everything like, yeah, I get out that kind of stuff, but still like, and I take masks seriously and I take all that kind of stuff seriously. Like, especially since, uh, being away from work for work, like I, here's, here's been my, this has been my philosophy or my policy on the whole thing. It's like gen generally, generally people do not want to get other people sick, especially with this, this virus. So most people, um, you know, like there's going to be the occasional serious risk taker who's not, who just isn't going to give a fuck. And then there's going to be the occasional asshole who actively, you know, if they get it, they're going to go out and try and, but that's like one in, let's say a thousand people, maybe a thousand people, or I don't know that I'm making up statistics on the spot, but I think most people, for the most part, they do not want to get other people sick. And I think that's where that's where we need to focus all of our effort is on those people. We just need to promote those people, promote that kind of atmosphere. And and the way that we've kind of been going about it with our own government, with um, with uh, with the provincial government, with lockdowns and everything like I think a lot of governments are trying to establish some kind of control. And I get it. Like, I understand the medical system tends to get a little bit overburdened. There's a lot of bullshit that happens, especially when you get big cities who really don't give a fuck. Um, but then when you have things like, uh, like what you saw with, um, what was it? Uh, the recent update to police powers in Ontario, you know, when they talked about, Basically, what a buddy of mine said, he's a little bit on, on the right end of things, so take it for what it will with a grain of salt. He said it basically suspended the Constitution under the Emergency Measures Act. And I was just like, okay, well, what's really going on here? Um, things like setting up checkpoints coming into Ontario from Quebec and Manitoba. Uh, police having the authority to randomly stop video, uh, vehicles and check your address if you're out and about for a non-essential reason it's like a 750 dollars fine i think the police has since come out and said no we're not going to do that because we're not going to erode civil liberties in the interest of government control because that's how it's being received in terms of the enforcement of lockdowns and all that kind of stuff so i would say i think i, I would say you're you're like sorry there uh, uh, rocks, but <laughs> and there's a lot of people looking at the symptoms. Mm. Um, the symptoms of what they have to do to survive. So it's like, man, I got this order, and uh, they want 
you know, a Big Mac with extra sauce. That's so ridiculous. Um, man, just give him the extra sauce. He's coming back. So you may make, instead what? of like 30, like 30% profit on the hamburger, you're making like, you know, 15 cents, but you're still making profit on the hamburger. The point what being, what do you mean by that? The point being is people are looking at the symptoms of what they have to do in order to do well. And then they criticize what they don't have. There's like this disparaging. Well, like my wife, my wife's a nurse, so they're they're like, oh man, we have to treat people from Toronto. Toronto people are so irresponsible. They're just flaunting. <laughs> well, they're, it's the other, uh, right? <laughs> no, but no, just but to watch this. So, but so, what if I said they're coming from Brampton? It's well, still Toronto really in my eyes. Brampton, <laughs> yeah, I know. But what's really interesting about Brampton is about um, most of those people are minorities. So they yeah. live in very conge- more congested places. Yeah. Most of because they're immigrants and their their accreditations aren't recognized, they are forced to do frontline jobs. Because they're forced to do frontline jobs, they're more susceptible to um, to infection. Because they live in a more uh, concentrated environment, once they get infected, everybody gets infected, and then we have problems, and their infection rate is now twice the national average. That's an interesting point. That's a really good point. So then we say, then I go back, but oh man, we're treating people from Toronto, we're in Kingston, um, that's not good. Toronto people should be better at hygiene and following the rules because they're a bunch of rebels. And then I get back, you know. So, like, what I'm trying to get at is, is that you people need to take a step back. Okay, is what I'm asking to. What am I complaining about? Is the symptom of what's happening, or am I complaining about the cause? So as a border closure is a control measure to reduce input to my system. So if I use black box testing and we see that in, in software design, um, <clears throat> and what I'm doing is that I'm going to have a series of inputs and I have a series of outputs. So if I control the, what's co- the signals coming into my ecosystem and I close it off, like only essential things are coming in, I can limit the stuff inside my system so I can control that better. Once I do that, I start creating policies to slow the movement of things inside. When I slow the things inside, I give a chance for whatever other caretaking systems to take over. Because right now, what's happening is is things uh, things are coming in. And in the fall, The Economist was raving reviews of how India was, was curving the, the, the wave, shutting things down. Things are great. Look how well, it's going now. Read The Economist now, because it's yeah, January. Yeah, I, I just saw the headline, COVID. yeah. And they're unfortunately uh, F-U-C-K. Yeah, well, Canada has just shut down air travel from India, right? Isn't that the headline I saw this morning from the Globe and Mail? Yes. Put it this way. Their people are suffocating in India because they cannot get enough oxygen to their their wards. That's crazy. Well, they're so stacked, right? Yes, so well, many they people have, in they one have, what, spot. Eighteen percent, eighteen percent of the world's population lives in India. In in a tiny country, like it's not a tiny country, but like it's not Canada, you know. <laughs> it's not a major landmass. They have more crazy. people than the United States and Europe combined. They need to start practicing abstinence. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> It's not, it's, not uh, it's, it's, it's not good. Let, let's let, let get them to immigrate to Canada. That's what we need. More Indian, more curry dishes in Canada. But mm. let's let. But you, you need to understand these things. Oh, 
ah, man, I can't go to Home Depot today. Like, God. Like, do you understand what's at risk right now? I'm not talking about, like, I don't, yeah. Like, look at them. Look at the symptoms that you're you're trying to treat for what's happening at the critical, at the coal face of what the pandemic is, is people getting sick. Where do we send the people getting sick to the hospitals? So hospitals cannot handle what's happening right now. I'm telling you, hospitals cannot handle what's happening right now. Like there's such. Oh yeah. Like we went from 4,200 cases down to 36, 37 ish cases. Okay. Mm-hmm. We 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 need to still slow down more. Like when it was two thousand, yeah. it was manageable. In Ontario. Like, don't like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like I'm not echoing. So the the talk about police powers in Ontario and like that's not a gripe. I'm not I'm not trying to deliver a gripe. What I'm trying I'm not echoing the sentiment. What I'm just saying is this is something that's been in the news recently. Like, you know, like as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to you know I'm going out if I'm doing curbside pickup or if I'm you know getting groceries, like I'm ordering online. I'm doing, you know, curbside pickup. I'm not going into the store, keeping my kids out of the area, that kind of stuff, trying to minimize the amount of social interaction that I have. I'm doing that. It's like that uh, that line from, what is it, Starship Troopers? I'm doing my part, you know? Like, that's like, just, that's it. Just, yeah, it's inconvenience, but this is the new world that we live in, and this is how it's going to go, probably for... The next few years, honestly, if if we're being really if we're being really serious about oh, yeah. it, I think this is what we're looking at for like up until twenty twenty four even. Yeah, and people forget that because we're doing such a shitty job of it. Yeah, because because we failed to manage. Now we have to manage. You know, or my, you know my adage: those who plan well manage a little. Those who failed to plan manage a lot, and now we're managing a lot. We're like in contrast to Israel, and because we 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 fucking failed to plan so well and failed to to follow the rules, the um, fallout is variants. Yeah. What do you think about well, like the we're we're double mute we're double mutants right now. Yeah, I'm trying to get a guest on. Um, I've already invited him out, and uh, he's he's down to come on. Um, to be TBD, um, but basically he had a very interesting point, and I'll bring it up here once I can find it. But basically, he was talking about the decisions made by leadership, um, especially in Ontario, like complaints against Doug Ford and all that kind of stuff. But this was—I uh, thought this was a very interesting point. It was a—it was a commentary on Doug Ford and how leadership works. And it says, "I see too many articles and social media posts slagging Doug Ford as though he is personally responsible for the challenges facing Ontario. It's possible that he is making poor decisions, but allow me to remind you how these decisions are made." And I'm quoting. Doug Ford isn't an expert on many of our current challenges, and it's unreasonable to expect anyone to have all the answers. His decision-making process involves advisors on whose experience, expertise sorry, Doug Ford relies on. These experts present him with as much information as they can muster within the prescribed timeline, which is often not enough time, and a decision is made based on the advice given. Are mistakes being made? Yes. Will more mistakes be made? Probably. Are you capable of doing a better job? Unlikely. Otherwise, you'd be holding that office already. So be cool and be respectful. The government is stacked with normal humans like you and me. Most of them are doing their best against the overwhelming tide of difficulties. And it is overwhelming. And it is overwhelming. It was overwhelming even before COVID-19 showed up. If you're upset about how things are being run, that's okay. You're absolutely entitled to feel as you feel. Turn some of that frustration into useful energy. You might not be able to fix the province from where you stand, but perhaps you can start with your neighborhood. Like, I think he's trying to uh, have like an objective standpoint on the whole thing. You may or may not disagree with the whole sentiment because you may have a better understanding of how decisions are made at leadership levels, especially at the provincial level. I don't know. 
I would say, uh, what's what's the what, what is it, does he has a moniker yet? What what, what moniker are we going to give this dude? Uh, we'll call him we'll call him John Deere for now. Okay, uh, John Deere, <laughs> give him a shout out. Saying that's fucking awesome. I would say D for degree. The reason why I say D for degree <laughs> is is that the best plan. And the weekends it are free. matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, you got you to think about it. It's like the best plans um, are fraught with bias. They're never imperfect because um, we don't have perfect information. So when we make decisions based on imperfect information, we have to go back and say, oh, it's imperfect. <laughs> it's like predicting weather. Um yeah, because there's so many things we can't quantify. There's many variables here. So yeah. the problem is, is that we use metrics to decide. So what if I told you Doug Ford is driving a car and you could write this in the calendar. I'm defending Doug Ford. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, but what if I said it's driving a car and the speedometer was broken? Have you ever been in that situation? Because I have. Is It is a very interesting perspective. Hmm. How fast am I going? What do you, you do? Can, you can, you can have a... You can kind of guess. I'm going between 50 and 80. <laughs> or, or more realistically, I'm going between 50 and 120. <laughs> yeah, I'm going greater than zero. Yes. You know, I know is, I'm moving. Is, and Ontario is pretty big, so the, the near pier is Quebec. Yeah. But if you compare to the Atlantic provinces or the western provinces, you you can't scale. And if you look at the, how much trade goes across the border and the damn freaking snowbirds, <clears throat> like you, you get a different perspective. It's true. So, so... And board ha- uh, Ford has his pensions. We all know what they are. Um, so the problem is, is that if you don't follow his metrics, say, okay, if I, I see that, the distance I see that pole, okay, I'm at this pole, and I'm assuming it's 100, you know, 100 meters distance. Okay, and if I count to two, if I'm there, I'm moving this fast. Because when you don't have the the, the machine that tells you or uh, something that measures this quickly, we try to look for other indicators that tell me how fast I'm moving. Yeah, but they whiskey, may not be you understand people do not think the way that you think. They just they judge it by their gut, by their by instinct. You know that, right? Yes, it's I like do. I figure I'm going about 50. They don't pick a point off in the distance and then like I know I'm take I'm I'm diluting your point by uh, taking a literal example and arguing against it, but like the most people they just go with their gut. Yeah, so watch this. So what I'm saying is is that his plans are sh- are not great. What I'm telling you is that he people need to follow his plan in order to give him room to adapt. Because if everybody does just what they want to do, you can't tweak it. I see. So if you go along with what he's doing, and if you go along with what he's saying and go along with the plan, um, that's where you can identify the idiosyncrasies and thus improve the plan. Right? Is that what you're saying? Ex- exa- exactly. Exactly. Would you rather okay. have, and the waste of the decision matrix goes, would you rather have some cohesion or no cohesion? Because those are the options. Yeah. Because that's right. His, pl- his, his plan isn't cohesive. We've agreed to that. So well, the it's, next it's best not just one his is plan is some it, cohesion. It's not just that his plan isn't cohesive, it's that people refuse to be cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my so wife, we're in the, who's, dr- who's driving on, cohesive. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
my wife who is driving back towards on uh, to Hunter driving back towards Oshawa, she uh, was going past Barry's Bay and there was a uh, a mask protest going on, like people protesting in the streets about having to wear masks and stuff. Like uh, it's it's just people, just people being stupid. I hope Darwin's Darwinism picks up. <laughs> well, but we've defeated Darwin, right? <laughs> Not in India, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's um, yeah, Randy Hillier, man. Uh, that guy has a large ego. I would have to Randy say. Randy Hillier? Who's that? That's the MPP for Kingston. He's an independent. He got kicked out of the Conservative Party. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's one of the major MPPs leading um, protests and participating in protests that are anti mask, anti lockdown, anti, oh, you know, great. COVID is not a problem. Look up Hillier. He's the other Hillier. The other Hillier. The other the the other notable Hillier that we're probably thinking of is Rick, right? Yeah. The former uh, top general of uh, the Canadian Armed Forces, yeah. one of the Canada's most popular generals, and yeah. Anyway, okay. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I got that feeling. Okay, let's switch gears then into something that's got a little bit more levity. Um, Derek Chauvin. <laughs> <laughs> Found guilty on all three charts. No, this is obviously not not uh, very much levity. I probably shouldn't joke about this. But yes, um, the man who spent nine minutes kneeling down on George Floyd. He was found guilty on all three charges, uh, murder in the second degree, unintentional murder, mur- third degree murder, and secondary manslaughter. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I would say we live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. Um and you know me, I'm all for equal rights, equal uh, opportunity, equal pay, equal equal work for equal reward. Um, and the pendulum is swinging. I feel there's a butt coming on. No, 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 there's no butt. Um, the pendulum is swinging. And, and honestly, I'm a middle-aged white guy. Um, I want I, I want to be supportive and I just right now, like I'm like every other, like most other middle-aged white guys is, is I see my peers feeling marginalized because they're middle-aged white guys. They feel that they're targets. Hmm. Um, I would say to them, it's okay to feel vulnerable, but where my butt comes in is, is just like, I don't know how to react uh, appropriately. You know what I mean? I'm I, like if, if and if you look at the range of responses on social media, some people are saying like right on, okay. And if you twist it one way, you say right on. Well, they're like he died. You're a middle-aged white guy. You celebrating that he died? And no, I, I I'm not. I, I'm like it was a loss of a life. It's it's tragic. It's bad. It's wrong. Yeah. Um, we convicted a police officer. Okay, but were they trained adequately? And there's a whole bunch of other things associated with that. Um, well, yeah. So you're saying I mean, we're we're happy that we're whole pun- host of questions. Are we punishing the police? I'm like, no, I don't think that's good either. No, um, I, and I don't think are, we're are, punishing police. But yes, there's a lot of talk about things like that. Yeah, like qualified immunity is one of them. And are we defunding the police? I'm like, oh my! I like, listen. There's so much here that the problem is us as two white guys on a podcast is like 
This is walking like blind through a line, uh, blind in the dark, backwards through a minefield. Sure. I notice you've been saying that a lot on the podcast recently. I, like, I'm a middle-aged white guy. What? Why does that? Like, I, I feel like. There's like kind of an unspoken thing. It's like, yeah, you have to say that, or I don't know. It's because no, no, no. it, well, context. Why, matters. why is it you're saying that? Because context matters. Okay. And if but you don't like, believe- I don't. I wouldn't care if you were a black woman. I honestly wouldn't. It doesn't matter to me. Like, it's your your opinion is valid. No matter what, like it's no, it's valid in its own right. That's not true. That's not true. It's because, valid to you. If you it, yeah, it is to me. But if so, you look it at has it, some no, no, validity. But, watch, but but I'll give I'll give you another context. Pierce Morgan, Ms. Osborne, um, and Meghan Markle. You, did you watch all that stuff? Little bit, yeah. So. The balance I'm trying to strike is is that listen, if you're aggrieved, there are mechanisms hopefully for you to achieve some sort of um, uh, satisfaction uh, or um, way of remediating the situation or like like I don't have the proper words for it. Um, but like. You know, when Pierce Morgan says, I have doubt, and listen, I'm not a fan of Pierce Morgan. Let's put that right up front. Because what sure. I say after is, is that when he criticized Meghan Markle, everybody else, because Meghan Markle is black, they went, af- they went after him. Okay. So, oh, yeah, okay. And Pierce Morgan is normally outspoken. I, just for our listeners, what did he criticize her on? How did this go? How did this play out? Well, he was he uh, the co- some comments on I think the, the situation was on the you know the perceived ethnicity of, of their child Who being cares? black or, or uh, I agree, and that's what the general consensus is. Peace Morgan basically you know doubted some authenticity. Now doubted the child's authenticity. No, no. Well, uh, the authenticity, like, does it really happen? You know, like, he goes through whatever the point is, a point against the royal family, he goes on the, the counter thing is, I doubt was really true. I doubt the really effect of that. So he has some biases up front, but he refuses to acknowledge them. But he also has a responsibility as a journalist to be not, somewhat entertaining. I know that's what I'm I'm being I'm being sarcastic when I say that. He's he's trying to generate an emotional response that will create views or create it it'll, it'll, it'll create clicks or you know that's that's what he's he's uh, yeah. uh, provocative is what I'm trying to say. He's being provocative yeah. for the sake of for its own sake. That's his personality online, and 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 I got it. Um, so using those as examples to drive why I say I'm a middle-aged white guy, I don't want to be perceived as criticizing somebody else's situation. Why? Because it's not my situation. I I like there's empathy, but. You, you can say that without empathy. having to announce your 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 actual ethnicity and your age and your sex. You can say I, all I, those I, things without having to say what you identify as. Yes. Say, listen, I empathize I with this say, person. I understand. Or I don't understand exactly what it is they're going through. But, uh, you know, if it were me, I like I, I don't know. I, I just I find it fascinating that you've been using that term a lot lately. And when I when I when I exist in this world, when I hold a flashlight, it exists from one point, and it shines a light in one direction, and it has a yeah. defined dispersion pattern. Yeah. And perspective is a lot like that. Perspective is a lot like a flashlight. And because I have this flashlight, and, and I I tell you, guys. 
if you look at the way I started in life, it was not privileged. I lived in a condemned house until I was 12. Right. I, you know what? So, but, but you know, you know what? You just look at me and go like, oh man, he's got, he's got, he's got some acres. He's got all this. His perspective is a certain way. So what I'm trying to do is cast off saying, listen, I'm a middle-aged white guy. I do lots of things. I work hard. I work all the time. Um, so when it comes to uh, the balance between mental capacity, uh, the biases that you have to overcome, like my kids are all dis- my, my kids are both disabled. I see I see discrimination every time I, I go to any type of uh, school. I see any, any type of service. Anytime I apply for medical funding, um, I see the discrimination. Um, what kind had, of discrimination? What do you mean by that? Well, do you? So, if I apply for medical insurance for my for any of my kids, do you have a pre-existing condition? They've had it since birth. Okay. Automatically rejected. You're talking for about your kids when you're applying for stuff for your kids. Exactly. Yeah. But I still see it. Right. So what's the what's the discrimination? Is that is because it's on a form? Is that what you're talking about in terms of you're talking about bureaucratized discrimination that you have to put down on a form when you're applying for something? It's systemic. Yes, it exists. I mean, in an effort to create fairness, isn't that what the system is trying to do? It has to discriminate. It, it does because it has to remain profitable. I see. Okay, so all I'm getting at is I see some discrimination. I can't see it all, okay. and I can't tell you how it feels because I'm not living it or watching it or participating in a way that I can empathize. So when we look how about barriers as a middle-aged white guy with a decent salary. I can't always put myself in the same shoes. What I should or what I would have done was X. But the problem is what I would have done in that situation is based on the middle white guy's guide to success. Mm. It's not on, hey, listen, um, the cops are pulling me over. I feel comfortable reaching over, grabbing my wallet, my license. You know, if I was a person of, uh, you know, just watching anecdotally from the movie, I have my hands on the wheels and I wait for someone to wait for him to tell me to go to my wallet. I get and pull it. Out. I understand. Not all experiences are created equal. I, I understand it. I, I, I understand kind of what you're getting at. I, I The other thing I got to throw in there, though, is I don't think we're at any risk of people from Brooklyn listening to our podcast. <laughs> well, not not right now anyway. But if you ever do, <laughs> hi. Man, I, I would say Scarborough. Fair enough. Fair. But like, we don't, we don't have. It's not like that in Canada, is it? Yeah, it is. People being Listen, like, people being pulled what, over what, what, because what they're black in Scarborough. We had the stop and frisk things in Toronto for the longest time. Stop and identify. Yeah, that's. Uh, Card. the carding programs yes we have them in canada too listen and, and the other and the reverse is true too I've, I've i've been in places where in canada where if uh you, if someone's laying in the road of the middle of the highway and you run over them just keep going report the next mp because those guys you're, you're getting targeted too like like they're targeting you as uh, as a target like there's there's like the discrimination is on both sides. Yes, uh, uh, people say, well, what do you mean uh, a white guy being discriminated? Well, people think because you're a white guy, you have different different perspectives. Um, I mean, everybody, like, if you boil it down, everybody has their own unique experience, their own unique perspective. Like, some of them kind of blend into each other, but ultimately... You know, like if you're going to if you're going to narrow it down to categories of like, where does it go from there? 
you're going to narrow it down to categories of based on what race and gender or whatever you, you at some point somebody's going to get offended no matter what so like you have no choice but to boil it down to the lowest common denominator and ultimately the lowest common denominator is just the individual human experience everybody has their own unique experience I can tell you I've been in Quebec speaking French, but because my French didn't sound like a Quebecois, they spoke English to me, even though I spoke French. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been at a Korean free enroll, but because uh, my family wasn't Korean, they asked me why I was there. I told them I was paying for it. Mm. Um, like, like, listen, I, I. I and, and I did pay for the funeral, but it, but the the case becomes is is that well, acceptance is is both ways, and biases doesn't matter. Biases exist everywhere. We just sort of we just highlight when they exist along a line that you can see, or physically identify with. And there's lots. Of, there's a couple MPs about Inuk uh, Inuks in Labrador. Um, a couple MPs, uh, okay, members of Parliament. Yeah, so if you, you just Google that online, but uh, like, like, listen, like, there's biases everywhere, there's frauds everywhere. Um, uh, like, what? So when we go back to why you say I'm a middle-aged white guy, because I'm giving my perspective. Where's, where's my, where's the origin of my flashlight? That's where I'm taking that lens from. It's not, and I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to say, listen, like. I'm trying to be as nice as I can. I, I harbor no ill will to race, gender, anything you identify with. I'm trying to be a person, but as this person, this is who I am, and this is where my flashlight's coming from. I look at it, and I try and evaluate that evidence based as best that I can. But we know when we overlap flashlights that we get a better understanding of what the object is. And the more flashlights we have on a particular topic, it becomes more vivid. It becomes more real. And the more shadows and more dimensions we can we can reveal by having flashlights from different sides, uh, we can explore the topic that much better. It's like looking down a pipe sometimes. If I have one flashlight and I shine it on a pipe, I can't see inside because I can only see that there's a pipe there. If I get one from one side and one from another, one from the top and one from, like as the light bounces, I can perceive that there's perhaps a something of value down there that I want to explore. And, and, and maybe with some tools, I can extract that value. But those tools can be like a physical tool or it could be a process or it could be just a analytical process that allows me to see it. Mm. I can't tell you unless I tell you where my flashlight is coming from, because otherwise we're just all yelling down a pipe. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a little there's definitely that. And if if you if you don't agree with that, just go on Twitter for a while and watch people just screaming at each other. Um, it's kind of funny. You're talking about uh, people who are having differences, opinions and all that kind of stuff. And they've got the leaf game on with the Winnipeg Jets. And it is heating up very intensely between Joe Thornton and Ehlers uh, from the Jets. Like there's there's some fisticuffs being thrown. It's, it's kind of funny. Anyway, uh <sighs> Your your method of how you go about doing it of like yeah I'm a, in an official capacity on our podcast I get it I understand like I'm a middle aged white guy so take my the way you say it it sounds like take my opinion with a grain of salt it's that's what it sounds like to me that's what it sounds like now I could be wrong in that um, my um, my approach has been more hey man or woman that like don't matter like i'm here having a conversation with you and i'm interested in what you have to say and you know and maybe you're interested in what i have to say and i'm here to have a dialogue with you and the idea of the idea that i have behind dialogue is i 
I want to say some things and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm going to extract from what you have to say. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. And as a result, like as a result of our dialogue, we're each going to grow because we're going to get rid of parts of us that we thought, okay, well, maybe I was actually not right on that one particular topic point or whatever. Maybe I wasn't right on that thing. Maybe I need to reevaluate that. So, as a result of that discussion I'm having with you, I'm learning more about myself and I'm growing more as a person, but I'm also giving something back to you because, and, and maybe you're doing the exact same thing on your end. And I do that irrespective of sex, gender, or any kind of collect, collection of identities that I need to uh, that I need to subscribe to in order to give an opinion, right? Like, I'm still trying to have, I'm not trying to tell you how things are. Like, you know me, like, I don't know shit half the time. So I'm I'm better off served um, actually trying to encourage dialogue out of you in order to learn something more about myself, learn something more about you, learn something more about the material that we're talking about. So that's kind of my approach. Like, it's just, it's just a, it's the... It's the individual experience that I'm interested in. Um, and if you've got like, that's why I bring on guests onto this podcast, like Dr. Crane, who's got all this expertise in space. And then we've got we've got our resident teacher who comes on with uh, Rick James, who we should be getting on um, hopefully in a future episode to give us an update on how teaching is going in Ontario, that kind of thing. Like I'm interested in the formative individual experience. That's what I'm looking for. Got it, but I think you missed something. What am I missing? If I said blue, you would think the color blue. Sure. But if I said if I said I'm a middle-aged white guy, there's a whole bunch of flood of connotations associated with that. Yeah. And because no, and because you're used to being criticized as a middle-aged white guy, I'm not. You start being criticized as a middle-aged white guy. Just no, you you are. In fact, I've had because it pretty good say- <laughs> as a middle-aged white guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm kind of throwing it out there. I'm t- I'm telling I'm telling you that you're not. And the, the the evidence I'll give you is the fact that you just gave me this monologue. The fact, and and you just keep saying, why should you defend yourself because you're a middle-aged white guy? Okay, I'm just asking for your opinion. But what I'm telling you, what I'm saying, I'm a middle-aged white guy. I'm telling you that this is a a a potential for bias. And if I flipped around, and I said, "Listen, when your wife tells you to do something, you better goddamn do it." You'd be like, <laughs> "Well, why would you have to bring the word wife into it? Why don't you just call her when a woman says?" Uh, something to you or your partner says something to you you should just do it when your partner says something to do it well partner there's so many other things associated with partner when your wife says something to you well there's another there's a bias there um when she says something to do it that's a weighted word as well so what i'm saying is is that you presented a topic that said what do you think about the Chauvet verdict? Or the Chauvet Floyd verdict? Um, yeah. I'm like, okay, but it's a loaded question. And I'm telling you that by saying, identifying, listen, I'm a middle-aged I don't guy. know if it's a loaded it's question so or not. It is totally a loaded question. Well, it's because a loaded question a from white perhaps guy, somebody no, with an agenda, but I don't have an agenda. I I know, but you it's me here. I'm going to give you the complete answer as best that I can. Mm. And I'm going to give you that. Where my flashlight sits, it sees this. Somebody else can come along with another flashlight says, I'm Latino. I'm I'm a black person looking this way. Sure. And they're more than welcome to join in the discussion. Yeah, and 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 like I said, I'm just giving my perspective where my flashlight's shining. Like I I can't see what else is there, and if I miss something, I'm sorry. 
Okay, but this is as, as, as honest as I can give it. I'm unapologetic in the sense is like, um, why do I identify as a middle-aged white guy? Because I'm just telling you my perspective. I'm giving you potentially some of my biases, and I'm being upfront. I'm letting you know that I'm vulnerable. And when I when I identify my biases up front, I'm showing you that, um, that it's it, it, I'm okay with who I am. Um, I'm open to be educated, but you realize is that when people of visible minorities uh, identify themselves in in many respects, especially on CBC, they say. I'm so-and-so, this is my persuasion, here's my bias. Okay? Um, and they let people know who they are. You know, middle-aged white guys typically don't do that. <laughs> they say, like, I don't they think walk anyone should need to do that. I don't, like, regardless, I don't think you should. I don't, I don't care if you're Hispanic, black, white, like man or woman, like I don't think anybody should have to put that disclaimer in front of every little opinion that they give. Like, I don't think that that is necessary. Well, I think if segue. you have, if you no, have a credible a perfect segue. Okay. You're, go ahead. you're about to get, you're about to get owned. Well, I now, don't know about that. There's a, there's a, a rather prominent CBC, uh, a personality um, and a um, she was an artist. She did quite a few different contract works. She identified as Aboriginal. My Aboriginal history, and I'm, I'm not naming names here because I'm not trying to create confrontation. Okay. Okay. Now, um, and it's very similar to the, the MPP of uh, Labrad uh, Labrador. Um, and the in a person that's calling her out. Um, but in this situation, people, she was getting sponsorship for being an Aboriginal artist. Hmm. She got Aboriginal film uh, credits, uh, Aboriginal film subsidies. Um, but what happened in history was a dam broke. The, the city that was downstream went to live with the Aboriginal Reserve during that time. Okay. Until they repaired. In the old days, you know, things took a little bit longer to repair, so they were there for a little bit, and she came down. Mm -hmm. Turns out, she, was no, she wasn't actually Aboriginal. Okay. So, when you say, I am, you know, I'm a white guy. I am for coming from this perspective. It provides that statement of bias, a statement of legitimacy. If I'm not, but the thing is, you shouldn't be de facto white. Are you getting you sponsored for being a middle-aged white guy? Well, apparently there's a glass ceiling and there's a whole bunch of other things that I, that I get as being a white guy that I didn't pick. <laughs> oh, well, okay. The glass ceiling. Okay. All right. Well, fair point. But that is a very, very specific example. And there's so much nuance involved with it. Like, who knows? Maybe no. that person truly believed that they were Aboriginal. And some, some, someone it's doing the, the dirt digging, they decided, you know, they, they're going to truly look into this because, you know, people, you know, when somebody's getting advantages, getting bonuses for claiming to be an identity, other people are going to, they're going to sniff around and see what's actually going on. That's like, that's, that's part of human curiosity. It's it's most people want to know what the absolute truth is. They want to know what's actually going on truthfully. Now, they are, they either actually believed that they were Aboriginal and they just so happened to be living a lie and they didn't know. Hey, sucks, man. You got exposed. You got to pay the you got to pay the piper. But or. They did so willingly 
And shame on them. And like, eventually, if you're going to live a lie and tell yourself, if, if you're going to live a lie, whether intentional or unintentional, you'll be you'll be found out. You will be found out, this, especially how however long the lie goes. It's up to you to decide whether or not it's worth living the lie or and and it sucks. It really does suck if you don't know. And that's really so unfortunate. Rocks, so it's what you do with the information after the fact. That's what counts. Rocks. Rocks. Look at the bigger concept of the question. Why do I say when we talk on our show, which is voice only, why do I say I'm a middle-aged white guy? It's because I want to sh- show people where I'm coming from and where my, po- my flashlight is shining. Okay. I'm not trying to claim credit or insider knowledge into a particular, um, you know, feeling sub segment. I'm just telling you from this perspective, this is where I am. But I do right. empathize for everybody else with their own flashlight. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I, I 100% agree with you. Everybody has their own flashlight. They have their own perspectives, their own experiences. And that doesn't change what I said earlier. Like that, that's the whole point of having open, honest dialogue is to be able to expand the the peripheries of that flashlight to, to be able to in, increase the amount of light that it shines. If I'm going to keep going with this metaphor. But when I hear you saying, you know, and we can maybe we can agree to disagree on this and I'll and I'll accept that. But when I hear you say that I'm a middle-aged white guy. I feel like you're trying to atone. It sounds, I, I don't know, maybe it's my own personal bias, but it sounds like you're trying to atone for something. When when I have a discussion with you, I, I am, I'm the layman. I, I don't know what the hell it is I'm talking about half the time. I, 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 I like, I, I have very little knowledge about the world. Like, I have some knowledge, but, like, I go to you because I see you as an expert, and I feel like you downplay that. And I, and I, and that's when you when you say things like, "I'm this is what I identify as." Like, no, if I, if if I if I'm listening to you and I'm constantly having you come back on this podcast to listen to my bullshit, it's it's because I see your opinion as something greater than the average layman. You've done the work. You've done the homework, man. Like you've gone out there and yeah. you've you've gotten the education. You've done the fucking work. And that matters. So, so, and I so, believe in credentials. So 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 Rocks, what, what you really got to add in here is, is that when I say that, is that I say it as a flashlight. When I, when I say it as the middle-aged white guy, is that those warning bells should be going off in your head about what could go wrong if this is skewed. Because like when, when things are skewed, and, and right now... The topic, the, the topic of, of racialized marginalization is, is a very, very hot topic, and rightfully so. Um, I don't want to be a, a victim of, of, of misquoting. Sure. And when, when, I, when I do it, it's like, listen, like everybody's entitled to it. I'm trying to handle it as del- delicately as I can, as respectfully as I can, because... At first glance, we can always discount um, uh, like the first report. We can always discount and say it's this. Okay? Or is that? Mm. But, but what we fail to recognize sometimes is that there's a second, third, and fourth report. And I don't want to give any examples because I, I, I don't... I don't I, like. What do you I, think could go wrong? You want to miss because with you with 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 you if you didn't say that if you didn't put that disclaimer before just about anything you said what do you think could go wrong? Because one people some people could think that my my inference is my flashlight shining from a different perspective, and perspective infers bias, and bias can lead to judgment, 
And then you get this reverse side bias is what well, your opinion no longer matters. And we're a show about opinion. Well, I mean, and the way things opinion, have been going lately, it almost seems like the middle-aged white guy is is an opinion that doesn't need to matter lately. And that's something I actually disagree with. So when you say something, it almost devalues at, your opinion. No, it deval it, it. My opinion has weight, but only from where the flashlight is shining. Your opinion has weight, but only from where the flashlight is shining. So don't expect me to comment on the struggles of race, religion, and all those those uh, those dynamics. Um, because I haven't lived them. That's a very okay. Uh, okay, I'll concede with that. That's a very good point. Don't don't let me comment. Don't expect me to comment on matters of race and religion without putting that caveat in. I okay, I get it. That's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. Like I, I can, um, as far as like, I can go, is I can talk and, about my grandfather being in an internment camp in, in yeah. you know World War Two. I get it. But as far as I can go. Yeah. No, I get it. So, so then, then it becomes it's my fault for not poor for it's my fault for poorly constructing the question. So then that's where that's where it really comes down to. And I'll accept that. That means I need to make the question better. That's fine. Um, when I say, what do you think about the verdict? Like, that's, that's so general. It's not, maybe it's not specific. Maybe it's not targeted enough. Like, like when I'm asking a question like that, maybe I'm getting to, it's like, did you see the verdict? Hey, that's, that's something in the news, right? Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know, like it's, uh, there, there are follow-up questions that I had with it and questions are like, you know, um, the legal system has perceivably done its job, right? We can say that. It it, it totally has. Um, yeah. But, but like I said, like I said, like there's lots of different dynamics here where, yeah. where you could have gone, and because there's no enough data there, I'm like, yes, as a middle-aged white guy, it is very important because I could have said, uh. Is a first step in the right direction, and then you'd be like, "What? Not supporting the police, or you no, know?" No, I would just ask you, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> I know, but I can't say anything because it's, it, it because there's so many different variables to that question. The only thing I can answer is from a middle-aged white guy. Yes, yeah. the you know it was it was a good verdict. Like I do, like, I do. Well, it it was a verdict. Like, like, I try, I endeavor to be as objective as I possibly can. Obviously, that's impossible. Hey, dude, let's do a because pause, I'm a going pause to right have, there. I gotta go take a piss. Right, right. Yeah, go for it. Back. Right on. Sorry, limits of the human condition. No, it's okay. You'll be able to, with, uh, Soon, with Elon Musk's Neuralink, you'll be able to do all the things you need to do without ever having to leave the comfort of your own body. <laughs> well, I didn't leave my body. I just thought I'd take a piss. And I don't think Elon Musk's Neuralink's going to fix that. No, it won't. It's false advertising on my part. Uh, where were we? Let, let's get off this topic, because I think it's going nowhere. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think we're all just flashlights, and we we have perspective. We are all flashlights, and we all have perspectives. Let's just call the episode "Flashlights." I like it. Okay. Um, we talked about Derek Chauvin. We've talked a little bit about police powers in Ontario. What I I think the predominant theme of what we talked about today was perspective. Um, we talked about how. Uh, uh, well, the major theme was is how I use I caveat when I my opinion when I say um, I'm a middle aged white guy, and what I'm indicating to the the, the reader in, in in audio 
is the source and origin of my flashlight. Um, it's not to discount anybody else's point of view. Um, because there's lots of controversial topics out there where the observer bias can exist. Um, and if we don't articulate where we're standing, sometimes we can get undercut. And I would like to show that when I do it, it's out of consideration for a any other opposing views. My view isn't to discount anybody else's. Um, and I believe in the right to protest. I believe in the right to um, express your views, make changes, strike. Um, but ultimately, as, as we do that, we need to be respectful of where things come from. And I think part of that was where rocks is concerned is like, I, I have a view and I have a voice and that needs to be communicated as well. Um, but how we develop that respectful dialogue is something I think is evolving in our society as we speak. When we talk about Pierce Morgan, Miss um, Osborne and their, their loss of different jobs. Um, I think that think that matters. And I don't think there's a perfect recipe out there. Um, and I think between the recipes and the formats of the different shows, it, 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 it all kinds, it kind of does matter. I, I think that we need to be cognizant because we're not there in the in the moment. We're not part of the story. And by highlighting, using a flashlight metaphor, that there there's different and contrasting views on what's going on that um, it can shift what the potential viewpoints are. But like all flashlights, the more flashlights you have on a particular topic, the better it is. The more contrasting view uh, we have is the better. And the, once we have, when everything is brought to light and illuminated, we can be there for being in a position to do better analysis of what's going on and what is the better of our approach. Because right right now, I think it's changing. Um, we 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 respect we. I think Rox and I both sympathize for this issues of systemic racism, and we want positive outcomes from everything. And I think as we grow as a society, that really matters. So, is there anything you want to add there, Rox? <laughs> Every time you say flashlight, I almost feel like you're going to mess up and say fleshlight. Get your mind out of gutter. <laughs> That's why I'm just waiting for Elon Musk to come out with Neuralink so that way we can all just understand each other's thoughts internally and never have to worry about having to <sighs> we everybody understands everybody's intent that's basically what it comes down to is uh yeah it's but that's going to be problematic in and of itself we don't need to i don't need to know what you're actually thinking if i got inside your head i think i would just explode that's all i oh. got to add <laughs> oh, and, and the other part we talked about was uh uh the pandemic. Listen, mm -hmm. guys, the best laid plans of uh, mice and men after go aglay. Yeah, I was gonna say best laid plans uh, fail first contact with the enemy. But the the point being is is that we can't do incremental changes if we're all following our own plans. We can't incrementally improve what's going on if we're all in different directions. So just follow the plan. And I agree with Ford in following the plan and just take it for what it is. I don't agree with him very often. Yeah. But if we all follow his plan, we can do incremental improvements and let's give it time there. and give it time. Give it the honest college try guys. Like give it time. You know, 
we we you guys have heard our critique of what goes on with our own provincial government you've heard it numerous times like just give it time if you don't like it fucking vote in the next election that's where you that's where you make it count or put your fucking money where your mouth is and run that's it that's all i got now that that's that's a little combative. Ooh, people aren't gonna like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just diluting and ruining your point. Best. The point is just fall. If it's a plan, and it's by the government, follow it so they can adapt. If you don't follow the plan, and you want to do your own thing, like have parties as an independent MPP. Okay. Uh, but I ain't gonna vote for you next election because no. you're screwing with the pan. You're make, putting people at risk, and you're the demographic at risk. Just so you know, M- independent MPP. Um, so then the government can do the individual controls. But if you're subversive and you're going against the plan, what you're doing is a little bit effective of anything that happens next. So if you don't want if you don't want 2022 to be like this with mutant variants of COVID, stay the fuck home. Anyway, I think that is that is that a good place to end it? Yes, and wear your mask, and if you're smart, you'll wear two. Just don't be a douchebag. That's it. That's not that's not difficult. Just don't be a douchebag. <laughs> People got kids. They got jobs. They got to take care of themselves. Don't be a douchebag. Wear your mask. That's it. Uh, yeah. Wear your mask and don't kill your grandma. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Let's sign off. All right. I'm uh, Whiskey. And I'm Rox. See you next week. Yeah. back to the basics on the whiskey and rocks variety hour i thought i'd put up a little recording of my own while i can't claim the writing credit i do think it's a pretty little tune called endlessly by muse the famous actor ewan mcgregor did a cover of it on his short travel series called long way up or long way down or long way round something to that effect and both he and the lead singer from Muse are far better vocalists than I am, so fortunately, I'll spare you the cringe by singing along. Don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can help us out even more if you spread the word and share us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at Whiskey and Rocks One. The link is in the description. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.